0: They did it, they raised the rates, just like they told us that they were gonna do, just like we knew all along. But it was only a matter of time until this actually happened. There shouldn't be any fear in the market, and if you listen all the way to the end, we got fired up on this episode towards the end there, and I think you're gonna love the feedback. There's worse things to worry about in this world. But that being said, there is a concern because this is your money and your budget and your livelihood. And it's important to understand specifically how uh, raising interest rates impact you. So if you want to learn who this impacts, what happened, how it happened, what could happen next, some forecasts, what to look out for, should you lock in and or what else to consider in your budget, you need to be listening to this episode. I'm Alex McFadden. My business partners, Dean Lawton and Derek Williamson are also by my side to present to you a breakdown on what the Bank of Canada did. Are they going to bankrupt you? And should you lock in? We're uh, the owners and partners here at Thrive Mortgage Co., proudly the number one mortgage financing small team in Canada last year. I don't know if I should say small team. We're so uh, thankful that you guys listen to us here when you're looking for lending and real estate advice and investing. And we'd love if you would either A, subscribe, B, check us out on, on YouTube and subscribe. C, find us on Instagram at Thrive Mortgage Co., And of course, if you're loving the episode, tell us somebody about us because we'd love to help more families just like you. Guys, this is going to be a fire episode, so I'll leave it there. Enjoy. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. So it actually happened, the Bank account decided to take the plunge uh, later than expected because it was originally anticipated that in uh, January of 2022 was when we were going to see the first of what's considered to be multiple rate increases to the bank's overnight lending rate. Of course, we were talking about what impacts those consumers in the real estate space as variable rate mortgages and lines of credit. To be more specific, what happens is the bank uh has uh meets multiple times throughout the year and they have control of what they call the overnight lending rate and the overnight lending rate changed on march 2nd 2022 which is why we're having this conversation we're going to rewind we'll go back and explain exactly what you need to know around what happened who it affects what are the numbers what you need to do should we be concerned are we going to lose our houses and a lot more so we're going to get into it let's talk
1: about it guys what the heck just happened Right off the bat, I just want to mention that a lot of these headlines reference 0.5%. That is where the overnight lending rate went to. It was initially at 0.25%. It was a 0.25% increase, and it's now sitting at 0.5%. It was not a half a percent increase, and that... I probably got 15 questions on that within two hours of, you know, everyone assuming that it was a bigger jump than expected. So it was in fact only 0.25%.
2: I think it's a good point. That, is, that does cause a lot of confusion to your point there, but also that is the overnight lending rate from the government to the banks, right? That's not that's not the prime rate, but that is exactly what will impact the prime rate. So um, until today, this like we're recording on the 3rd of March, we I just saw the first banks two first uh, RBC and TD actually decide to match that increase to their prime, and so now it's important to understand the difference of the overnight lending rate versus prime rate, right? And, and that's primarily where we saw a lot of confusion. Is to Derek's point, we you know we're seeing point five percent is what the new overnight re- lending rate is, and we're getting a ton of calls of you know, realtors and, and clients thinking that their their interest rates going up by a half point, meaning prime, right? So prime is now going to be, uh, what is it going to be? 2.7% will be the new prime rate for most banks, everyone other than TD. And I don't think we need to get into too deep of a talk of why TD is a little bit different, but. Uh, I think it's just important to delineate the difference there of the overnight lending rate two prime.
0: No question. Absolutely no question. So specifically how this impacts you as a borrower, to Derek's point, is that when uh, the interest rate went up by 0.25%, that's a quarter percent, uh, then what generally is going to happen, and we've seen this happen, is the banks... Prime rate, as Dean indicated, whether it was 2.45 or 2.6 before, is going to go up by 0.25% to match the policy rate. Now, it's interesting to note, a lot of people don't realize this, that the banks do not have to exactly follow the policy rate, nor do they always do so. Perfect example would be TD is at 2.6, and most of the rest of the banks, in fact, every other uh, chartered bank, along with most mortgage lenders are at 2.45. A few years ago when we saw interest rates go down the banks opted not to go down the full quarter percent at the time they only went down by 0.10 or 0.1 or 0.15 but they're going the whole way back up so we go up the elevator and down the stairs usually which is interesting um so not much really though in terms of the big impact it's it's not the big scary rate hike that the news was uh talking about we'll talk a little bit more about what the the bigger version or the bigger picture could look like over the next year or two or three years as we get through this. But I mean, let's just talk frankly about who this affects guys. Like who who is this actually impacting and how?
1: In the mortgage world, it's variable rate mortgages and home equity lines of credit. Like those two products fluctuate with Prime. So I'll give you an example. If you are at a prime minus one, meaning like 1% is your discount off of prime, that's how a variable product works. You're either at a, a discount or a premium on top of prime. So now that prime's gone from 2.45 to 2.7, your rate would have went from 1.45 to 1.7, right? So rates across the board, variable mortgages and lines of credit are increasing. Does this impact your payment? Most lenders, yes. There are a handful of lenders that offer a static payment, or you can think of it as a fixed rate payment in a variable product, meaning that even though rates have gone up and maybe your payment should jump by $60 or $70, your payments actually stay the exact same. Inside of that payment, you're paying a bit of extra interest and a little bit less principal. So make sure that you understand the mortgage that you're in if you're in a variable, because you might not see any change uh, in your mortgage payment, or you may see a change and you just want to prepare for that. Who does this affect would be anyone in a private lending
2: mortgage. A lot of private lenders will market their rates as prime plus. Um, so you're paying your prime interest rate plus whatever their their You know, we call it a discount for most variable rate customers, but it's a surplus in that case. Um, so those are those people are going to be impacted. We see a lot of construction mortgages. So anyone that's carrying a construction loan typically uh, are, are on a prime plus type of a situation as well. Um, and then any unsecured products. Um, a lot of unsecured line of credits are also prime plus. Uh, so if you have an unsecured line of credit, you're also going to be looking at an impact there. Um, I'd say those are probably probably pretty well covers it all.
0: Yeah, and I mean we we touched on this in multiple episodes and gl- glossed over this, but let's break it down obviously into numbers, and I'll, I'll get back to to who it affects in in more detail as well. Uh, we twelve dollars is the magic number, guys. Twelve dollars per 100,000 borrowed. If you have uh, a mortgage, a variable rate mortgage where the payments change, which is with many of the uh, lenders. uh, For example, if you're with Scotiabank, your payments will fluctuate along with uh, the rate, which is good if you wanna pay off your loan based on your amortization period. Whereas you're, if you're with a bank like uh, a TD or maybe CIBC, you have a locked in variable rate, which means you just pay more to interest or less principal. But it's 12 bucks for every 100 grand. So for the average Canadian mortgage holder uh, at a loan of around 400,000, we'll say 500 for today's sake in Vancouver in the lower mainland, that's 60 bucks on your monthly payment that you would see uh, the difference, right? Uh, Equivalent to a couple cups of Starbucks uh, a week uh, in coffee reference um, and maybe quite literally going out for a few beers with your friends. So not a massive impact, although in the grand scheme of things, it's something to consider. Um, One other point to note, and we talked about who does this affect uh dean and derek did a good job of breaking down mortgages with a variable payment and of course private lenders but we cannot forget all of those folks underneath that window who have variable rates and have investment properties who are looking and calculating their numbers does this mean you should not invest oh heck no this definitely means you should continue pushing forward but you should probably look at your numbers just to recalculate them accordingly
2: i think one of the most important pieces to touch on is who does this non-effect if you're pre-qualified meaning you're pre-approved for a purchase uh, this this does not impact your qualification whatsoever under no circumstances. This is nothing to do with a qualifying rate. This is just the final rate that you'll pay. Um, so I've had that question come up a lot. Oh my gosh, is this going to change my pre-approval? Uh, no, not at all. No impact. Well, let's stop on that for a second. Let's break this down. I mean,
0: if you have a pre-approval or a qualification in place, um, let's break down. What does that mean? How are you qualified and why doesn't that impact it? In Canada, uh, we have something called a stress test. A stress test came for all mortgages in 2017-18 and was recently updated and changed in 2021. The stress test currently sits at 5.25% or 2% above the rate that you have. So for most Canadian consumers, because they have the option to take a variable rate right now and let's say the discount is one off of prime, they'd have a rate of 1.7%. So because you can qualify you at that, we qualified you already using this 5.25% payment. Now, if we saw interest rates go up uh, a couple of percent uh, and or fixed rates continue to rise, the Bank of Canada does have the ability to adjust the stress stress test rate. Although at this time, there are no indications that they will still do so, while fixed rates still hover in the high twos and low
1: threes and variable rates are in the ones and twos. So you're good. No problem. And thanks for clarifying that. Just back to the rates themselves, you know, there's all this talk and and fear about rates rising and yes rates did go up as they were expected to if you were in a variable hoping that rates weren't going to go up and they were you know you're going to keep your one and a half percent forever that's not realistic but on the flip side to this nobody seems to understand the fact that fixed rates have already been rising for the last 12 months and like we have lenders offering five-year fixed rate mortgages at 3.39 percent like that's becoming common right and that's been happening for 12 months but that's not in the media it's not in the news people don't think about that so now what again like we touched on earlier this is only impacting variable and home equity line of credit borrowers but i mean you need to consider that yeah if if a variable that was at one and a half percent is now at 1.75 compare that to the fix that's being offered today at 3.39 in some cases right like we are still dramatically dramatically below the fixed rate If you were to consider locking in, and I think we should touch on that quickly because that's the first thing that comes to people's mind when they woke up two days ago and rates went up, should I lock in, right? Like we got that question probably 150 times in eight hours. And a lot of those situations, the answer was no, right? There are situations where it could make sense to lock in 100%. You need to know your situation. But for most people, given where rates are at and given the spread between the two, we could weather another one and a half percent of increases and even then we're probably just breaking even with the fixed rates being offered today right this could be a totally different conversation if fixed rates were at 2.4 right like that's a different conversation no question but fixed rates are so much higher right now it's very tough to commit and jump into something like that and You know, you you think about all the reasons where the fear comes from. It's like, well, my payment's gonna rise. Yeah, but your payment's going to jump dramatically if you go fixed, right? And you're committing to that and you're putting yourself in a product that can be you know, very restrictive with big penalties. So I'll let one of you guys take that away a little bit further. Well, I mean, just on the fixed rates, like you could almost like, I had a client say this to me the other day. They're like,
2: are the banks like preying on the fear of variable rate customers locking in? And that's why they're so high. I mean i don't i'm not a conspiracy <laughs> i'm not going to get into conspiracy things here but you know at the end of the day they are at an all-time high when you look back at the last say three years the fixed rates are, are at the peak in, uh, in the three-year mark and, and they're 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 above where they were pre-pandemic levels so you know to your point you're, they are they are winning on this idea of, of variable rate customers or just anyone in general locking in from a point of fear the banks are benefiting from that we talked about this on our last episode that we're going to see record profit years for the banks this year and likely next year for this for this reason alone like a ton of people are going to lock in for this reason but you know i've always looked at this even if variable rate was the exact same as a fixed rate my personal situation my goals where i want to be from a flexibility standpoint and, and and moving forward with my goals from growing my portfolio i would take the variable rate just for the flexibility if they were near, if they're the same exact rate today and so that's me making a decision because of flexibility penalty issues wanting to have the freedom to refi when i when i need to wanting to have the ability to sell um, at my own terms so these are things that I would ultimately pay a premium for. I would, I would argue, even if you if you gave me the choice and the variable was higher, I'd probably still go variable. So everyone has their their reasons. I mean, you, like there's so many different situations where I would totally recommend a fixed rate mortgage for somebody, you know, fixed budget, downsizing, senior, you know, first time home buyer just squeaked in the market. Like you have to know your numbers. Like you really need to know your numbers, especially when it comes to an investment property and and you're trying to you know cash flow and make sure like if you're in a fixed budget and this is your first investment property and you know this property's in your you know in your portfolio or in your plans for the long term you know a fixed rate might be okay for you because you just need to make sure your budget doesn't change and so like everyone has their reasons i think it's really important to just know your why
0: I'll riff on that a little bit more. Uh, Dean's not providing blanket advice to anybody to say, hey, if you're a first-time buyer, go fixed," or if you're an investor, go fixed." The suggestion here is quite simply just to let you know that it's not an evil in that perspective, but it's something to be hyper-aware of. I think something that people don't realize, you know, on that point, and, and we talk about this, but it, it seems to go glossy-eyed, is there such thing as a two-year fixed term or a three-year fixed term? Uh, and you know, because like, I don't know, man, like today, I think we had five or six consultations when I say we, I mean myself, uh, here five or six consultation calls. Every single one of those people was breaking their mortgage term, and the penalty ranged from uh, you know three months worth of interest to, in one case, forty-seven thousand dollars on a six-hundred-thousand-dollar loan. And so uh, it, it does have a dramatic impact. So to your point, uh, Dean, I do agree. You definitely have to look at your personal situation and and budget, which is where also you know, we Derek brought this up. Frozen payments can come in really handy. But at the end of the day, if you, hey, look, if you can't sleep at night, then go for it. Pay the higher amount, go fixed. But remember, you can do shorter terms, two years three years funny enough like uh you know when i got first into lending it was very common for people to go two year to two year to two year to two year it only became more common to go five years as kind of the mid-teens went on and, and banks kept pushing it and advertising it and so forth right so um, it, it only became the norm in the last you know, eight to 10 years here.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've said this probably 50 times on this podcast, but the stat is that the average Canadian breaks their mortgage every three years. Like, why do people take a five-year fix then, right? I fall into that stat. And it's not all, all about selling your house. It's refinancing. You know, it appreciated. You want to pull some money out, pay off debt, renovate, whatever. There's just so many situations that come up where you're breaking your mortgage and you're bang on with the shorter terms, right? And another part of this too is certain lenders have, calculations that are going to create a larger penalty than others right like typically the big banks like we love the banks we need them to operate we do a lot of business with them but their fixed rate products are typically going to have a higher penalty than some of the other mortgage lending companies out there that we work with right so that's a big part of the planning and strategy that we dig into is like if you're going to go fix let's pick the right term you're never going to pick the right term because you don't know how long you're going to live in a house but we can guess and assume and hope for the best and try not to overestimate. And number two, try to place yourself with the right lender. That's the best thing you can do for yourself if you're gonna go fixed.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, in in summary of all of what we're suggesting here, none of us are actually suggesting, I know there's a lot to go on there. We're actually not suggesting you to go fixed, at least not as of today. We won't tell you what to do in any case scenario. We are still all holding pretty steady on the long-term value of the variable. If you're concerned about payments going up, either uh, go to a frozen payment, switch lenders if you have to, or if you have the option. Uh, which we can help you out with or alternatively speaking what if you just pay like dustin came on uh in an episode a week ago what if you just said well I, I, it's going to be one two or three years before rates go up to this amount why don't just save money and pile and uh, pay whatever the amount would have been on a fixed rate mortgage today and stay variable so again we want to be really clear in saying that in our world we advise independently to each person so we don't want to advise you as the listener per se but we still personally believe that the variable rate makes a lot of sense and there's more upside than downside at this moment With that being said, you know, let's jump into a little bit around what could happen going forward both good and indifferent or bad and you know why this could be happening and just to take the lead on that point. Uh, the, there's a lot of uncertainty right now the one thing that is certain in canada is that uh omicron and all that kind of stuff although it had an impact there in december and january it certainly uh bounced back way faster than the government expected all of the provinces except for this really odd and slow and confusing province of bc have uh eliminated their passports and, and mandates thankfully and so what that means is people are back to business as usual and that means people are spending more and more and more money in their provinces and enjoying life again again, which is fantastic. Uh, With that being said, that's another reason why we're seeing the bank increase uh, the the lending rate right now or not the lending rate, the overnight rate, because the the country can operate normally. And so people can absorb this slack people have saved more money than ever in the last two years, believe it or not. So for most people to stress or worry about this increase is probably null and void anyways. Um, But for the bank to do this basically suggests that people can people can afford it we can afford it essentially at this point right now.
2: Inflation's a big piece here too. I, I, I know just talking to somebody, they told me their donut was $1.25 at Tim Hortons and it was a 99 cents a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't know if that's true. I don't eat donuts from Tim Hortons, but it's a good example of where inflation's coming. I mean, I know for a fact that, you know, many things at the grocery store are at least 20 to four, even 40% more expensive. And inflation plays a big piece of this and that isn't gonna stop and, it, and when a war in in europe starts to you know happen that provides a lot of uncertainty and that could actually cause even more inflation with the co- i mean everyone's looking at the fuel pumps right now it's through the roof um there's so many things here that could play in so you know there's there are there are predictions out there that people actually think that the the rate could come back down so you know where we where we stand is there's so much uncertainty here We've made our predictions in previous episodes, and and I I think we feel pretty strong about that. But I'd say the one thing I feel very, very strong is this has been the the craziest past two years of of all of our lives. And we could all agree that. And who knows what's going to happen. But the one thing I can stand behind, and you could say what you want about our government. There's a lot of negative things you could say that I would agree with. But they have been very transparent when it came to the rates and what, what's going on with the rates. They were very transparent that the rates were gonna drop and they continued to drop and they did that. And they've been very transparent that they were gonna come up and they pretty much followed the exact schedule that they said they would. And I found that in the past in my career, it's been a lot of surprises when the rate changed. There, has there hasn't been a lot of you know, transparency to when it's gonna happen and, and mentally being able to prepare for it. You know, like we typically in our business, when the rate changes, we're flooded with phone calls. And yes, we we were we got a lot of phone calls and continue to get a lot of phone calls because of this change, but it's nowhere near what it has been in the past, at least for me, because there's been so much awareness that this was coming and, and it has allowed people to prepare. So I say the one thing the government's done a great job at is just being transparent when it comes to an interest rate perspective.
1: Yeah, I agree. Those are good points. And I think the last thing on this topic is just we have to keep in mind, like a lot of people look at this as a negative, like rates have gone up. We've also like this is a tactic that the government and the Bank of Canada implement when we are in an economic crisis, right? Like they drop rates to stimulate all of us to go and buy stuff and borrow money so that it helps the economy while we're in a rut, right? So this is just saying, like Alex touched on, like things are getting back to normal people are in the position that they can afford a bit of a higher rate. And and this is typical, right? Like we can't expect these rates to stay this low forever. It's not realistic. And we're just getting back to the norm, which on a high level, I mean, it is a good thing.
0: Yeah, I agree on all the above. So, I mean, looking forward into what could happen here in the next um I don't know, year or two. I mean, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. But based on what you just said, based on what Dean just said, the rates are going to continue to rise. And I think that consumers should be prepared for that. And they should be understanding that. And we always talk to every person that we uh, get a mortgage or prepare a mortgage with that this could happen. This is one of the things that we do as advisors is to share that feedback. Um, You know, rates, again, they will go up. What level is difficult to say. The target is 2%. We stand at a half percent today. The target has been 2% for the better part of, I don't know, uh, five years, seven years, 10 years. I mean, the Bank of Canada went up between 2017 and 2018 with a target of 2% before it dropped with COVID. So, the one thing that we can never account for, and this is what I try to remember every single, remind every single person that has a variable rate mortgage that's concerned about this we cannot account for COVIDs of the world. We can't account for Ukrainian, uh, Russian wars. We can't account for these things happening. And some of them impact us bigger than others. And for that reason, we don't see rates just going on a gradual status up forever. Things will slow down, something else will happen. There will be a plateau. There'll be some other concern. And then of course the bank will have to use this lever. And this is what they do. They go up and down. They have a goal of where they wanna be. And I think as a consumer, if you look at that, at one a, if if the target is one, uh, 2%, Let's be really specific with that. That would be 1.5% above where we're at today. So if you have a variable rate mortgage and today you're sitting at 1.7, that brings you to 3.2. So go and find out what your fixed rate mortgage is with your bank. And if your fixed rate mortgage is 3.1, 3.2, 3.3, which probably is, and really, are you that bad off? I think you'd be better off to just prepare yourself properly and be aware of the worst case scenario. That's just my feedback.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: So last last little uh, quick little note on this point here because I think... Um, we just want to remind all of our listeners of what you can do uh, when you're doing a restructure. Dean had some good points. Uh, if you are set, you want to lock in, then now is the time to take advantage of a refinance. So, Dean, maybe walk through a couple scenarios that you've seen recently. And if, if someone is is you know really going to go and they're going to lock in,
2: what should they consider? What should they do? Yeah, I mean, as always, we have a lot of people reach out to lock in, and they're adamant that they that they need to lock in and it just provides some stability. Um, and what that means to derek's point earlier is your payment's going to go up to do that you're, you're you're likely locking into a higher rate so you need to prepare for a, for a higher payment and we always want to analyze well what other payments do you have going on in your life and is this actually doable and what we found is a lot of times people are carrying a lot higher in, a more high interest debt than just the mortgage so car loans you know we see average car loans are hovering at 4.99% to as high as 7%. Um, somebody on our team saw a hot tub loan for 15 years at 8%. <laughs> like just very, very high interest rates and and that come with, with payments, substantial payments, anywhere from, you know, I would say on average, our clients are, are carrying about another thousand to, to $2,000 in payments across line of credits, credit cards, car loans, hot tub loans, boat loans, you name it. So what should you do if there's equity in your home, which a lot of us have a lot of equity from the recent, you know, boom in our market and you want to lock in at a higher payment. Well, why not look at the whole payments and bring some of those loans into the, the mortgage, if not all of your debt into the mortgage and bring down your overall monthly liabilities in a big way. So on average, I would say those $2,000 of unsecured debt payments, um plus the mortgage payment we're seeing an overall payment reduction of uh, at least 35 percent in these situations and that's huge so that helps weather the increased payment from the fixed rate by lowering those other payments and it saves you a, an absolute boatload part of the pun for interest costs let's be specific
0: on some of those things too like you did a good job explaining you know, the the common situation. Remember, if you lock in for whatever, three, four, five years, be prepared that you are not uh, likely to be able to refinance uh, in that term, guys. Like if you refinance that term, you are gonna pay a large penalty. So you got to be really prepared to not be able to access that equity, and that's the number one reason people are breaking. Besides selling, obviously, is refinancing, especially with the equity growth in properties. So if you're thinking you want equity out to maybe, possibly, uh, you know, at some point in the near future, you know, buy real estate buy a boat, whatever, anything of that nature, then consider this is the time to restructure, refinance, re-amortize the loan to make the payments manageable and or uh, add a home equity line of credit through our team. Now, I wanna be really clear in this process. You should not just walk into your bank and do this. They will not offer you favorable terms, nor will they actually analyze your file. I, you should hear the things that we we hear when we're talking to clients when they walked into the branch, the advice. Uh, I question it. I'm not going to, to say anything bad about a bank but the advice should be very clear and you should understand what your payment structure is what, what kinds of money that you can get out right now, what the impact of the prepayment penalty uh, penalties are and so much more. Uh, a perfect example, Dean just mentioned a car loan at 4.99%. I would say the average car loan payment I see works out too. And remember guys, the li- banks don't look at bi-weekly. So the average car loan I see is about six to 700 bucks. Uh, again, from a mortgage payment standpoint, if you wanted to buy a second home or do anything for that matter, you know, that's like that's like $200,000 gone. That's a massive bump to your cash flow. Uh, You know, like if you looked at actually putting that $50,000 loan into your mortgage, that's like a $200 payment, right? So it makes a big difference. Now, I'm not saying add all your car loans and your mortgages, but I am saying think about that and think about the other things that you might want to do just before you actually lock in. Just get a second opinion. Yeah.
1: Just from a budgeting perspective, I mean, we talk about the fear of rising payments, right? But like, look at what you guys just said, like we're talking seven, $800 payments for a vehicle, hot tub payments, like motorcycle payments, let's not worry about our mortgage going up by a hundred bucks here and a hundred bucks there. Like a mortgage is actually an asset. It's a phenomenal investment. Let's get rid of the other stuff that are these huge, huge payments, right? Like if you're really looking at budget and cash flow, like let's get rid of those, whether that means selling some of those items or consolidating them. And you know, you can even bump up your mortgage payment, right? So you're paying your principal down quicker because you don't want to amortize your vehicle debt over 30 years take advantage of that, right? The rates are lower. It's gonna get your payment down and it does wonders for qualification.
0: Just take that and run with it. We gotta do an episode on that. The problem in Canada is not mortgage rates. The problem is cars, vehicles, boats, and other things. I would a million percent agree. And back to that point right there that Dean made about the hot tub situation. I love my hot tub, so I am not looking down on my client for getting a hot tub, but. You know, when we're looking at worrying about a, a quarter percent rate hike or a one percent rate hike on our, our mortgage and mortgage. And we're talking about someone spending a thousand bucks on a, you know, a, a car loan or, you know, a couple hundred bucks uh, on a 15 year mortgage uh, hot tub. Again, not to make our clients feel bad because nothing wrong with that. It's just that these are the different types of terms. You need to be looking at your money differently and look at more appreciating assets and buy more freaking
2: real estate. One thing I'll just end on this topic is we said a lot on this episode and it comes full circle here at this, at this point, if you are locking in and you are considering these options, don't, you don't need to rush this process at all. Like Derek mentioned fixed rates are at an all time high for the last, you know, three years or so right now, they're not going up. So if your goal is to lock in, you don't need to rush and lock in this week um, by any means, take your time, have a conversation with a, with a professional mortgage broker like us and look at these options and, and just just take the urgency out of this. I mean, of course, I mean, the only urgency I would put behind this is to get out of those high interest debts and get into this mortgage as quick as possible to start saving interest. But from a perspective of trying to do this to like, cause you're afraid the fixed rates are just gonna keep going up. Just slow down and, and do this, right? Cause you only have the one opportunity to do this, right? Because to Alex's point, you lock in, you, you quickly sign that that fixed rate offer and pff, this ain't happening for three years, right? So just slow down.
0: All right, guys. I think that's that's about it. So, um, if you haven't already checked the resource on our website, we update our variable rate we, uh, pe- web page uh, every single time that there is a uh, Bank of Canada announcement. We update this web page. And we put in what happened, full breakdown. And our YouTube channel has actually uh, been a fantastic resource. At least we've been advised from our clients lately because we put putting out weekly videos, weekly content, uh, letting you know what's happening, what's going on. So check out, check out if you haven't already. Go to our website, um, bookmark that. But go to our YouTube page and make sure to subscribe. Uh, just search us up, Thrive Mortgage Co. Again, that's Thrive Mortgage Co. There is a U.S. Thrive Mortgage, and subscribe to our channel so you're getting all the latest updates. And of course, you know, you know, we know you' love the podcast because if you're still here at this point right now you must be loving it so go ahead and uh, leave us a great review on itunes if you can and check us out on instagram let us know how you're loving it uh really appreciate your feedback and uh we'd like to do more mug giveaways so if you're going to give that if you're going to give us that review send us a message on instagram let us know so we can give away a uh, cool little thrive mug and uh, we'll see you on the next one thanks guys